The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bear down, Bears fans. Bill Zimmerman here with a special Bears banter podcast to talk a little bit about the passing of the legendary Dick Bucka. So not, not going to start with the pomp and circumstance and the yelling and screaming and go crazy about the Bears victory. That That's for next week. That is that is for the next traditional Bears banter podcast talking about that that victory over Washington. You can, of course, check out the RSS feed here, and you can check out EJ Snyder and I doing the postgame show. If you're interested in a little talk about Washington Commanders, the law, the victory over the Washington Commanders, but I want to talk a little bit about Dick Buckus because about four years ago, so this was the offseason of 2019, so the Bears were coming off the 12-4 2018 season. I actually had an opportunity to talk to Dick Buckus so I wanted to re-rack that interview, bring it back. There's some dated conversation in there talking about Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith and everything, but it, it's still good conversation. It's a lot of good content. So I, I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to listen to a little, little Dick Buckus. But before I put the interview on, I also wanted to talk a little bit about Dick Buckus himself. Now, I, I am an old fellow here, but I am not old enough to remember Dick Buckus. He retired a few years before I was born. But I do remember hearing plenty about Dick Buckus from my father. He was my father's favorite player. You know, my, my dad was a football fan, season ticket holder of the Chicago Bears, big fan for, you know, you know his, his whole life, really. So, you know, to, to earn that top spot over, you know, 80 years of fandom from my father, that's, that's high praise. But, you know, you get it because Dick Buckus was just that next level kind of player. And... It's tough to, you know, the, these older players with the highlights and everything, you, you know, they, they just kind of they get lost in circulation. You don't hear about them as much. And I, I understand in Chicago, we'll, we'll always talk fondly of, of the great Dick Buckus. And, you know, he's known for so many things. I mean, this was a guy that lived a full life and had so much success on, on so many levels. I mean, even starting back to, to college, Dick Buckus was a fantastic two-way player we know what he was as a linebacker in the NFL he was just the same way in college but he was also an incredible center offensive lineman he went both ways and won you know and, and was the best offensive lineman the the Butkus award is for the top lineman I mean that he was that kind of an impactful player in college I think I brought it up on on Twitter kind of talking about you know with with everything with Colorado talking about some of the the great two-way players in collegiate history. And, of course, people go to, to Charles Woodson and Chris Gamble and people like that, and that's that's fine. They had great two-way careers. 
But Dick Butkus was, if Dick Butkus had become a center, if he played center at the NFL level, he'd probably be talked about as one of the all-time great centers. He went linebacker. That was his better position. And, of course, you know, Dick Buckus is known for the hits. You know, when you when you rack up the Dick Buckus highlight reels on, on YouTube, it is just crushing hit after crushing hit after crushing hit. And that type of game cannot be played anymore with the, with the rule changes and how everything is. But what you don't see about Dick Buckus is the fact that he was a phenomenal coverage linebacker. He was fantastic. He, he incredible amount of interceptions, great at reading the quarterback, dropping into coverage. Th this was not just a hard-hitting middle linebacker, you know, what we call now the two-down thumper, right, that just, you know, stuffs gaps, stops the running game, but doesn't necessarily play in the passing game. No, Dick, Dick Buckus did it all as a defensive player. So that's why when you hear about the greatest defensive players in the history of NFL, and, and I'm going to add now a, a third person to that group because I, I believe he deserves it. You always heard that the two guys, it was Lawrence Taylor and Dick Buckus. Those were the two names. I mean, those were the names they, they level over. Reggie White, you know, Ed Reed, Ronnie Lott, pl plenty of great players. I now also would put Aaron Donald on that list. I would think those are the top three players. You know, I'm biased. I would call Dick Buckus the greatest defensive player in the history of the sport. I think probably most analysts would give that nod to Lawrence Taylor, but, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about those guys. I mean, he, he was that impactful of a player. He was that good at what he did. And beyond his NFL career, he then, you know, becomes like a, a great spokesman. I mean, he did, you know, it's like Arnold Palmer. I mean, a lot of advertisements because he was he was just this well-liked guy. He knew how to, to have fun. You know, these Miller Lite ads, you can, you can find them on, on YouTube. They're definitely all over. I went back and, and watched some of them. You know, it was him and Bubba Smith doing, you know, refined, you know, because they were these rugged football players, you know, they were doing all these refined things, but still enjoying their Miller Lite. So they'd, they'd go golfing, they'd go, you know, polo, you know, the, the, these type type of things, you know, going to the opera, you know, the ballet, they're, they're funny. It's a, it's a good concept. So, uh, you know, and then beyond that, then, you know, Dick Buckus gets into acting and starts going on actual TV shows and, and does some movies and, and all this. And, you know, me personally, and, and I think I actually bring it up in the interview to him, Necessary Roughness. To me, there's not a lot of great, when you talk about the great sports movies of all time, there's not a lot of football movies that, that make that list. For whatever reason, I think a lot of it has to do with the cinematography of actually capturing the play on the football field. It's, it's not easy to do. But when you, you, you know, you talk about like the great baseball movies of all time, there are a lot of great all time baseball movies, whether they're comedies or dramas. There's, you know, baseball is a sport that really works well in, in movies and plot lines and to be able to, to, to write a script with drama. It's harder to do that in, in football. And, and maybe that plays into it. And, and like I said, the cinematography about trying to capture a, a football game on film. But Necessary Roughness is it's like a guilty pleasure for me. I mean, this movie, I think it came out in 1991. I was, you know, early to 13, 14 years old when that movie came out. And, you know, if you don't know the movie well, you're younger to, you know, you're younger, you're, you, know, you weren't around for, for this movie that came out, you know, 30 years ago. Scott Bakula is, is the quarterback. Uh, Hector Elizondo is the head coach. Robert Loge is, Loge is the de defensive coordinator. Dwayne Davis 
I don't know. I, I, Dwayne Davis had a run of, of some really good low-key parts in, in Digstown and Under Siege and the program. Dwayne Davis is in that movie. Uh, Sinbad is one of the offensive linemen. Kathy Ireland is the team's kicker. It's, it's just a fun movie. And at one point, the dean hates the football team and wants them to fail. So he sets up a scrimmage with a local institution, and then that local institution turns out to be a prison, and the prison is a bunch of former NFL players, and they've got Herschel Walker and, and Jerry Rice and, and all these big stars, and kind of the leader of the prison team was Dick Buckus. So Dick Buckus, he comes out, and he just delivers this line that's so good. And just, just you know, it's eloquent. You know, you, you, you think these are going to be these rugged, uneducated guys. And, and Dick Buckus just, you know, comes up and he just goes, you know, as, as loyal Armadillo fans, being that this is your field, gentlemen, please take the ball and hands them the football. And then, of course, they play dirty and rugged and just beat the hell uh, out of the, the college team. It, it's just fun. And it just kind of, it, it, you know, it just encapsulates, you know, what Dick Buckus was as as personality. Like, he knew what he was as a football player. He knew to play off that. He knew how to have fun. And, and this was just a, a big personality larger than life. I mean, think about it. When Dick Buckus finally joins Twitter a couple of years ago, and I know his son helped him with that a lot. But you can tell those those answers, even if they were, even if his son was, you know, were sitting together and he was responding and, and tweeting about whatever it was. Like you just, that personality just oozed through in those tweets. You know, he did the takeover with the Bears Twitter account. The guy was fun. You just, you know, you just, you're going to miss him. Even, you know, I, I don't know Dick Buckus personally, but just knowing he's not around anymore as part of the Bears organization and all, it's just sad. It's it's disappointing. And, and, and you know, in terms of those, the greatest living Bears, we've, we've lost We've lost so many great ones with Walter Payton dying so young and now Gail Sears. And, and now we've lost Dick Buckus. Of course, Steve McMichael is very ill. It, it, it's hard when, you know, you grow up and, and you have these icons that you, you know, you put on a pedestal. And maybe sometimes we shouldn't, but they're athletes and that's what we do. So when, you, you know, they, they start getting older and struggling and, and we start losing them, it's, it's tough. It, it is tough as a fan. And, you know, you just... It's, it's part of life and, and, and we, everyone moves on, but it, it, it still doesn't, you know, give you pause to sit down and, and reflect and, and, you know, have a, you know, an opportunity to talk about someone like Dick Buckus and how great he was and what kind of an amazing life he had. And, you know, we all, all wish we could have an amazing life like, like, like Dick Buckus had. So, you know, when I, I of course, remember doing this interview, because this, this was a treat for me. You know, I, I talked to a lot of different people. And look, as, as someone who's been in media and in sports media specifically, you know, I, I get to sit there and, you know, I get, you know, I sit there and go, wow, I, I got to do this. I got to cover World Series at, at Wrigley Field. I got to at Fenway Park. And, you know, I saw some great sporting events in person. And it's 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 a very fortunate you know career I've been able to have. It's one that I think you know a lot of people sit there and say, "Oh, I'm jealous of what you get to do." And yeah, is there a grind and everything? Absolutely. But you know, I I don't sit there and and you know pretend that I am you know doing something truly difficult or truly hard. I'm not I'm not in the coal mines. I'm not grinding you know working hard and putting in. 15, 20 hour days and, 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 and all that. So, 
it, it was really fortunate that I had an opportunity, two different opportunities. One, I got to do this interview with Dick Buckus that I'm about to play for you, and that was done, it was over the phone, and I had never met him. And then at the Super Bowl in February, he was, uh, he was doing some stuff. He was down at Radio Row, got an opportunity to meet him in person, got a chance to talk with him a little bit. He was cordial. He was great. Took a couple pictures with me, which is now my, my Twitter profile picture. I, I put that up there of, of myself and Dick Buckus. And, you know, sometimes when you get those opportunities to talk to players that are just truly special, and especially as, as a Bears fan, having an opportunity to do that, that, that was a real treat for me, just being able to sit down and talk with him for about 20 minutes. So wanted to play that for you. Just, you know, hear Dick talking about his his training regimen, what he used to do when he was playing. It's incredible. You, that's a, a great story. Talking about his acting career. Talk to him about some of the fun plays he had in his career. And, and talking about what he was doing, his his what he was promoting, which was trying to get uh, his colleagues, players of his era, better health care. So Dick Buck is like a, a great guy and, and this larger-than-life personality but a really good person that tried to do, you know, tried to take his celebrity and do something with it and help out other players that aren't, aren't as fortunate as him. So here it is. Here's my interview that I did. Again, this is June of 2019. So this is coming off the 2018 team and before the disappointment of the 2019 team. This is my interview with Dick Buckus. I hope you enjoy it. Dick, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Bill Zimmerman, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing good. Doing good. Very good to hear. Now, let, let's start here. Let's start with the, the Bears 100 celebration. Obviously, the NFL's got its 100th year. Bears, one of the charter franchises. And the Bears had a huge convention. Basically, any living Bear past or present that was worth except Erlocker couldn't be there. But everyone was there. What, what was that like partaking in such an event? Well, it was, uh, you know, it was really neat because, uh, you know, I don't live in Chicago and I uh, had an opportunity to see a lot of the guys that came from out of town, actually, and uh, Bears did a, a great job. When I pulled up to that, um, to the building, I mean, they were lined up, I don't know, six across and it was a couple blocks long, the line, um, you know, just a tribute to the fans of Chicago, but uh First night, the Friday night, we just all gathered and we were all introduced to the crowds, and then we had a lot of time to, to spend and kibitzing with even the, the coach Nagy brought the the current team there, so it was good to see them young guys and let them see some of our, these old guys. <laughs> uh, met a few guys, and uh, you know, and unfortunately, a couple of them, you know, weren't, weren't faring too well health wise. Uh, one being Gail Sayers. I, uh, he's, you know, he's, uh, he's, he was in a wheelchair, and it was just uh, very sad to see him in uh, the state that he's been in. And, you know, that's, I don't know, that's the way it goes. Uh, but, but all in all, it was, it was pretty neat. Everybody was there that they could uh, round up because uh, I was talking to George McCaskey, the chairman of the Bears, and he was saying that their rough rough estimate of 1,600 players or ex-Bear players around, but the problem is, is that they don't have, you know, their information to contact all of them, and so uh, other than that, there were, oh, I don't know, 100, 
150 maybe players uh, that came. Uh, so that was it was a very good turnout, and fans really enjoyed it. And they had all kinds of um, panels, uh, guys talking about the great '85 team, the Super Bowl year, and all that stuff. So it was a it was a pretty nice deal for the fans and and for the players. Yeah, it really really seemed like a great great event. I, here in New York was one of those things I couldn't be there. Wish, wish I could have been, but um, you know you you brought up the '85 Bears, and, and and let me ask you, we'll, we'll get to fair in a second. You brought up Gale Sayers, and and it's 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 awful what he's what he's going through right now, and I really want to dive into that. But you you bring up the '85 Bears, who have really, especially from a football perspective, they've owned the city of Chicago for the last 30 years with the the personalities and the swagger, and of course Ditka being the the, the face of that team and everything. But this current Bears team, you know, they've got a lot of personality. Matt Nagy has them playing a lot loose. They have the fun with the celebrations and all this stuff. Could you see if the Bears have that kind of level of success? Could we finally kind of see maybe a new team take the forefront of of Bears and and the legacy of the Bears? (laughs) That's going to be a tough one because the simple fact of all the Hall of Famers that are coming, uh, you know, that are coming off that '85 team. But I, I will say this: that um, just like anything else, um, people tend to forget, uh, and uh, they usually go with the current thing. I, I uh, addressed the team um, at, at their practice. I uh, we awarded uh, uh, Cleo Mack uh, the Butkus Linebacker Pro Award, and uh, I tell you what, I, I, I stood in front of the team. And it just seemed I had every pair of eyes uh, paying attention. You know, I would have thought some guys would be lollygalling around in the background or whatever. Who wants to hear this old guy talk? <laughs> but they were very attentive, and I, I commented, I comment on that to Coach Nagy. I said, you know, you, you, you know, it, it, it represents, you know, what you're doing as a head coach. I mean, you really got their attention. Uh, they're a classy bunch of guys, and. Uh, um, you know they they want to win, and I was talking to one of the linebacker coaches. I said, you know, looking at that schedule, you guys got man, it's it's a tough schedule. No, you're not going to sneak up on anybody. And he said, you know something, that's all right. We just as soon play the play the guys during the season because when we get in the playoffs, it'll be a lot easier. <laughs> so I like his confidence. Yeah, that's that, that's a good way to put it. And 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 you're right. That's 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 great of of the guys and Nagy. Look, you, you know, you're an all-time great, and when you speak, the, the players should listen. It's great that Nagy's, Nagy's got their attention and, and, and understands the magnitude of that. But you, you talk about Khalil Mack and, and the Buckus Award he got, and you know, from, from you watching the Bears at all last year, what, what is it that someone like Mack that has that type of impact on a team and has, the offense has to focus on him so much, what does he do that, bring, that elevates you know, the other well, 10 it, players it, around? Without doubt, I think is his damn desire. I mean, if you recall that very first game against Green Bay, there was a long touchdown uh, pass and run that the Packers had. And on TV, you know, I'm watching on TV, and here comes this 52. I mean, he was about five yards behind the the, the outside the, the receiver going in the score. But I'm like. 
wow, man, that, that that guy's a linebacker, and who knows if he was rushing the, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers or was he in pass defense, but how in the hell did he get down to the goal line so fast? <laughs> and that, and talking to, you know, the various coaches and, and uh George McCaskey and that they just said this guy is so infectious with the desire to make every play and do everything right and practice hard it's it's you know what the Bears you know have always been known to be cheap but but the money they couldn't pay enough for this guy the, the, the results that came from acquiring Cleo Mack and what it did for defense, not only the defense, but also the offense, uh, is unbelievable. I mean, I, I don't I, – I couldn't tell you – I couldn't think of – any more uh, a trade that had a greater impact on a team than uh, Cleo Mack. I, I completely unbelievable. agree. Unbelievable. Yeah, he, he really made an impact and just elevated that defense. That defense played at an elite level last year, and it was what he brought to the table and and, and all that. Not on, on multiple aspects, not just on the field, but as in leadership and, like you said, that motor that just doesn't quit. So right uh, now, now I you know he's an I know he linebacker by title, but you know he's an edge. He's a pass rusher. You know in that three right. four defense. You know, the, the Rushmore of, of linebackers for the Bears is, you know, Bill George, Dick Buckus, Mike Singletary, Brian Urlacher. Yeah, and, and, you know, you only get four names on Rushmore, but do you think Roquan Smith has the type of talent that maybe one day he could make a push to have a five-face Rushmore of Bears linebackers? Uh, I think so, but it, it's going to be hard with Khalil there. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? You know, but both of them. I mean, what a guy to as a rookie have, have uh, playing next to you and, and watch this guy's motor. So Raquan is a heck of a nice guy. Uh, he won the college award, of course, and uh, I, I think he's got a great future. He can really move. He hits people, and uh, he's smart. So he's got the makings. It's just uh, a matter of you know staying healthy and letting them perform. Now, you know, it's always difficult to kind of talk about eras and, and when you played and how the game has changed and it's such a, a pass-happy league now and everything. But, you know, and obviously the weight training and, and, and everything that has evolved here over the last 30, 40, 50 years. But do you feel like the way you played – now, I know, I know the, the, the hitting, obviously, that, that, that's changed a lot. But, you know, you were a great you – know, a lot of interceptions, great in pass coverage. Do you feel like your game could translate into today's game? Could you play in any era? You know, Bill, that's a real tough question. Uh, I mean, the only thing I could say is when when you try to take a player that was a great player from the 60s and see how he would have played in the 80s or a 70s player in the 90s, you know, or exact the question you're asking, I, I don't know. The game evolves and, and you know, the, the people get bigger, they get stronger, they, they're faster. But then would I be stronger if I was playing today with their health program, you know, as far as nutrition and their weight training? We, we never had any of that. So 
it was just raw practically until it, someone figured out. Wait a minute, you know, if you if you get bigger, stronger, and faster, you're going to be a better player. And and uh, of course, you have to have the skill to do that also to play football. So uh, that's a tough question. I don't know. I, I you know my my ego says, oh yeah, I could I could have played, but I, I don't know. My ego says uh, you, he says you could play too. So uh, you, you know you brought up all the weight training and everything and and how everything's changed and in your off season and, and trying to keep in shape and everything everything was a lot different I, I read something was it true that you used to push cars around your neighborhood to stay in shape in the off season is that true well that was uh, yeah that was back in my uh, high school days uh, I had a 49 Plymouth and I lived on a dead end street there on the south side of Chicago and uh, my buddies all, you know they all thought I was nuts they oh, hey yeah I'll steer the car for you and then I would push it you know just <laughs> because with the, the, you know the weight training wasn't wasn't in vogue back then I mean I, I worked as in construction I worked as a, a furniture mover which was in a in a in a sense some some you know strength training and carrying you know refrigerators and and stoves up three stories and uh, three flats like in Chicago. So I, I probably was doing a little of that, but for a formal program, uh, no, that was that didn't come in until I was about ready to leave the league. Now, now you know, I, I mentioned it briefly about how things have changed in terms of safety with, with hitting and being more careful about, about the head and everything. And, and, and obviously, you seeing a lot of your, your colleagues and teammates, and, and you brought up Gail Sayers and some of the, the struggles they're having, especially with, with kind of brain, in, I don't know, brain injuries, but, you know, with, with dementia. Right. And, and, and neurological issues and things like that. Do you like the steps that the NFL's making? Do you think they're they're on the right track in terms of trying to protect the head better? Well, uh, I guess, but 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 what's what's the bottom line? You know, people are you know, oh geez, the game is not the same. They're like a bunch of girls. Oh, you can't hit the quarterback. You can't do this. You can't do that. Well. Of course you can't hit the quarterback. You know, the quarterback is the whoop-de-doo guy. I mean, people come to watch him. They don't come to see some schmuck lineman. Uh, so you gotta, you got to protect the guy as best you can because it's a, it's a valuable position. And, uh, you know, not only because of who they play, but what they're, they're making. Uh, and rightfully so. They're, they're the guys. So the rules, I guess, they're, you know, they're trying to, to do it. I mean, uh, you know, some of us veterans, at the, at the Bear weekend, we're talking like, geez, if we had the practice schedule like they have today, we'd play for 20 years for crying <laughs> out loud. We used to hit and scrimmage sure. every day. You know, our training camp was six weeks of, of constant scrimmaging and everything else. So, uh, and, 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 you know, and plus we had off-season jobs. Uh, so these guys today, uh, like I told them, I said, you, you guys don't know how lucky you really are. Yeah, you absolutely. should cherish you know what you got. A- absolutely. So, you know, talking about player safety and, and everything, and I don't think a lot of fans truly grasp the the, the state of of a lot of the older players. You know, that and, and some of the the struggles they have with health and everything after putting their bodies through everything at the NFL. I know you, you're doing a lot here with Fair to try and get older players more more retirement benefits from the NFL. What can, can you explain a little bit? About about what you know when you retire now versus when you retire in 1973, and and what the NFL provides and doesn't provide, and what it should be providing for for the older players who lay the foundation. 
Well, what, what's happening in uh, in 2021 is the new collective bargaining agreement. And, you know, from uh, pre-93 retirees, um, you know, that they... That was before free agency. After after ninety three, uh, free agency came. The salaries skyrocketed. Uh, the success of the league, you know, skyrocketed, and everybody was uh, getting the benefits of of the retirement plan, such as the NFL's annuity uh, severance plan. They had the health reimbursement account, but the pre ninety three guys we're not able to be included. And what we're trying to do with FAIR is to get some, uh, the current uh, Players Association, have them help represent us to bring up our pension from the pre-93 days. Uh, you know, those are, those are the guys. And isn't that ironic that here we're celebrating 100 years and everybody is getting um, calls to do shows and everything else about the history of the league, and yet these guys that played in the earlier years are not are not treated fairly. You know, we want pension parity, and you know the the pre ninety three people are not getting the same as the post ninety three players are, and that's all it is. And and the problem is is that pre-93 players don't have any representation at this collective bargaining agreement that's coming up. I mean, we were told, oh, we'll be taken care of, we'll be taken care of, you'll, you know, whatever. Every other league, I mean, has, are about three times um, more for their players at the same years in 93, pre-93. Uh, Major League Baseball, hockey, and uh, basketball all have, have the, these pan, plans. And, you know, that's, you know, we're just trying to get some help, you know, and then they say, well, you know, there are dental plans and all these different plans for retirees, but who's going to pay the rent when you're making $500 or living on a $500 pension? Come on. I mean, it's only fair that these players who started it off, and I'll end with this, a sad case. I was talking to Gail Sears about three or four years ago, and he was talking to a current running back at the time. And Jim Brown's name came up, and this young player, a running back, said, who's Jim Brown? So you can see our, our frustration with the current players that they're not, you know, who's... You know who's uh, who's Joe Namath? Who's you know all you old guys? Who's Bart Starr? We don't you know they don't even know. And this is what fair is all about. We're trying to get that out in front of these current players that hey, if it wasn't for those guys ahead of you, you would be nowhere near making the kind of money and the pensions that you have today. Yeah, you guys laid the foundation. Did you, did you say did you say five hundred dollar pension? I was talking to a player. Uh, yeah, uh, he was. Um, I don't want to give his name, but he played for the Vikings. I mean, he yeah, no, you don't have to give five hundred dollars. That, yeah, that's that, that doesn't. I mean, because and like you said, I mean, the the health care and, and and the safety and the measurements they're bringing in now, which hopefully will you know extend health well into people's 50s, 60s, 70s, and eighties. You know that, that that wasn't there then. So when you're you're seeing someone like Gail Sears struggling with dementia, and I know there's there's things with with him and and with other players that are having these issues where they're having to raise money because just based 
basic needs for for healthcare and for you know maybe home healthcare with with nurses or getting into a, a retirement home, assisted living, the, these type of things for these players, they they just can't afford it because they're just dis, the 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 billions of dollars that are rolling in now was thanks right. to the foundation that was laid in the 50s and the 60s and and even before that, and and you're just saying there's just not that that re, uh, you know the uh, you know it's just not that back and forth in terms of the the NFLPA looking back at these guys and saying, you know, the, 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 we have to take care of these guys. We wouldn't be here without them. Right. I, see, and that's that was the problem playing back then. They they had no uh, knowledge of CTE or whatever. You know, it was hey, you get knocked out. Hey, how many fingers are up? Get back in there and everything else. So it's, well, you know, they didn't know any better. And uh, so a lot of guys are paying for it now with their health. And, and you know, it's semen Come on. It's it's so sad to see some of these guys that, uh, you know, I've got some problems with my legs. And I, I, I you know, I... I, I, I snap at myself for feeling sorry because when I see Gail in a wheelchair, I mean, how lucky am I, you know? So I, I know there's other guys that are, are, are struggling, and, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just fairness. I mean, come on. And you're talking about maybe 4,000 players who are dying off at 100 and some a year, so it's, it's going to run out. I mean, it's not going to take uh, very long until all of us are gone. And those pre ninety three players. So pension parity. That's that we're that's what we're trying to get. Well, I I, th- I think it makes it makes a lot of sense, and 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 hopefully the NFLPA and the NFL will sit down and, and and take care of you guys as needed. And you know you you brought up the CBA and everything they're they're collecting to be bargaining. And not, now we're hearing something about. I know you played fourteen games when 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 you were playing, and it's been sixteen for a long time now. Now they're starting to rumble about eighteen games. Not not. Technically, more games it'd be down to two preseason games. But do you like the idea of ex- expanding regular season here, or or should the NFL keep it at sixteen? Is is that where it should be? Oh, I just uh, I uh, I just wonder about you know uh, the injuries of playing eighteen games. You know, when I look back, we played what fourteen games, but we played six exhibitions. Uh, and we usually played all of them, and so, uh, boy, you're really uh, you're really opening up yourself uh, to injuries, and I don't know. Uh, I really, you know, I really haven't thought about what what would be better. You know, to see the game is so damn popular that they're trying to make, uh, you know, and they charge people, you know, regular. I guess they regular ticket prices for exhibition games. Uh, you know, they're four. So I guess they're just trying to make it feasible. Okay, we'll just add two more games and two less exhibition games. So I I don't know. I, I have really no thoughts about either way. All right. Well, let, let me just finish up with two quick ones. They're just kind of more fun. Dick Buck is joining us. Talked about a lot, a lot of serious issues. I want to try and end it on a lighter note. And I, I think a lot of people don't remember one of, one of your career highlights came on offense. Well, technically special teams catching a, a game winning uh, extra point uh, that, that to beat the, I believe it was the Washington Redskins. Is that correct? Was it the Redskins? Yep. 
Yes. Okay. Yep. So how, how about this? How about we get Matt Nagy, you know, in all his his mad scientist formations here? How about we get a play called the Butkus, where we maybe get Khalil Mack in the back of the end zone, an extra point or a touchdown, and and we play homage to Dick Butkus. How, how's there that for play? There we go. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, Ditka uh, did it with the fridge. Absolutely. So. <laughs> and you know, Akeem Hicks scored a touchdown last year, so let's let's get a linebacker in the end zone and call it the Butkus. But there you go. Before I let you go. I want to talk about your acting just for a second because you know you did a lot of a lot of fun things. You know, for me, kind of when I was in in college and, and in that kind of that prime, you know, Necessary Roughness was one of those fun movies for me. You had the the great cameo there with the with the prison team. You know, what, yep. what was it about acting that, that that you enjoyed so much? Well, I. Uh... You know, I started out doing a bunch of commercials out in Chicago, and I never really thought much about it. But then along came the, the Miller Lite commercials, and then they hooked me up with uh, Bubba Smith, and we were doing a number of them. And then we started getting calls um, out here in California to, you know, start being guests on different shows. And then we had a couple shows, and I just, you know, we just ran with it. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, I was kind of leery about it because oh geez I thought you had to go to drama school for four years and you know and be a waiter and do side jobs uh, until you reached uh, uh, you know uh, you were able to be on a regular on a TV show but things just started happening and uh, you know I don't know I was pretty lucky and uh, I got into it pretty good I, I, I enjoyed doing it and um, you know and I, I, I was commuting at the time and then I found Finally, just decided to move out here and give it a shot. And uh, uh, I don't know how many. I'm, I, I know I've done over 500 commercials. Oh and, wow! You know whatever shows and everything else. But uh, I kind of sneaked in there and and. Uh, but it was fun. It was fun doing it with Bubba. We had a lot of fun doing those. Yeah, you're bringing back memories with those Miller Lite ads. Those were those were great. Yeah. Those were a blast. They were classics. They they they. they they would be apropos even to this day. Absolutely. I don't know why they ever changed it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, you had, you, you have a constant influx of guys retiring, so you'd never run out of talent. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Ab ab absolutely. But yeah, I'll always remember you sitting there with your helmet. I don't know how well you remember your cameo, but as loyal Armadillo fans, you know, please take the ball. You know, this is your field. Please take the ball. I, I love it. It was eloquent and well spoken, and you're sitting there in a, a prison uniform. It was it was a, a riot. So, yeah. uh, Dick, really appreciate. Appreciate the time, and again, fair uh, is what you're uh, discussing today, and trying to get 19 pre 1993 football players the, the pensions and the and the care they deserve. It's it's a great cause, and I hope the NFL and NFLPA come through for you guys. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, and and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, thanks. Take care, Bill. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. 
That way, every one of your teams from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. All right, Bears fans, there it is, Dick Buckus. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I I really, uh, honestly, I just had a a dumb grin on my face just listening to that, uh, just knowing that I had an opportunity to do that. So I hope you enjoyed that interview. I appreciate you listening to this podcast because, like I said, this isn't isn't my normal content. But, again, Dick Buckus, an all-time great Bear, you know, in that top five, you know, and I think, for me, Dick Buckus is number two. I think it's Walter Payton, and then it's Dick Buckus. I mean, I guess if you're going to include coaches, and I guess you have to put Hallis because of his, his importance, but those, those are the top three right there. So he's that impactful, and just the fact that I got to talk to him, that, that was a real treat. So I hope you enjoyed that interview. Uh, regularly, regularly scheduled Bears banter will be back next week. I believe I am scheduled to have an interview with Josh Lucas. He, of course, the director of player personnel, former director of player personnel for the Chicago Bears under Ryan Pace. He's, of course, done a little local media. He's going to be coming on this podcast next week. So I am excited for that. Make sure you, you check that out. That should be out on its regular day on Wednesday. But again, hope you enjoyed this interview with Dick Buckus. We'll talk to you all next week. Bear it out, everybody. Talk to you soon. Adios.